Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Good morning, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Randy Conan in studio. We'll have an update from Whitney Pittman, too. Above average temperatures are on the way today with most of the region expecting highs in the 40s and low 50s today. A cold front will move through tonight, dropping temps down to the 20s. High temperatures for the rest of the week won't match today, but they will remain near to above average as we head into the weekend. And El Nino typically brings warmer and drier winter weather conditions to the northern plains. Nutrient Ag Solutions Principal Atmospheric Scientist Eric Snodgrass spoke at a BASF event in Fargo yesterday saying this El Nino is punching below its weight class. We're not yet seeing the typical El Nino behavior, so I'll question whether or not it's going to do what it typically does, which is to give us a more mild winter overall. I don't think we're going to have that. I think we're going to have at times some pretty deep cold that will get into the area, and I still think we're going to be in decent terms of precip, which is what we want. We actually want to have a pretty nasty winter, believe it or not. It's actually good for the soil. Put in that snow, it's good for the melt in the spring, and overall it gets us in a better position for the following year. I don't think it's going to be as big as last year in terms of snow in the northern plains, but I'm, I'm optimistic overall about what the next uh, four months is going to look like. There is a positive outlook for the 2024 growing season. So if you think about those years where we come off of an El Nino and go you know, crashing back toward normal, even into a weak La Nina, those years where you transition from a winter El Nino to spring neutral, tends to give us decent chances of moisture. In other words, we, we don't historically tend to develop drought following an El Nino. Now, the next year is when we can start to worry about, but that's too far out to really mention much about. And water levels are low on the Mississippi River, the Amazon River, and the Panama Canal due to dry conditions. Snodgrass is worried about the impact on transportation for these three major waterways. Fertilizer prices have moderated and demand remains strong. Mosaic Chief Economist Andy Young sees that trend for all fertilizer categories. Yeah, pretty much across the board. Um, potash prices and nitrogen prices are a little lower. Uh, from a historical standpoint, from where you would think they would be, given where egg commodity prices are, phosphates is a little uh, more elevated, and that just comes down to the supply-demand dynamics of each of those particular nutrients. The phosphate market is very, very tight. Uh, nitrogen and potash are more balanced. There are trouble spots around the world, especially if the conflict in Israel and Palestine expands. Well, depending on the severity of any you know, conflagration in the Middle East, it could have very dramatic impacts across NPNK, that there is a lot of fertilizer production and raw material production that trans or takes place in the Middle East, uh, North Africa, and if that conflict were to widen and worsen, that would have very dire consequences for fertilizer availability. Young was featured at the Agribusiness Expo yesterday in Fargo. Well, as combines head to the shed, farmers shifting their focus to the books. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. Farm business management instructor Ron Dvergstein says that now is the time to analyze where you sit for the 2023 business year and evaluate finances ahead of tax season. Most of the time, farmers usually kind of wait until their harvest is wrapped up to uh, really uh, get into the office and get records up to date. But as we're approaching uh, December 1st here, it's really critical to uh, get those records up to date and meet with uh, either one of us, uh, farm business management, 
uh, instructors or your accountant, tax uh, practitioner, uh, whoever it is, to uh, get an estimate of where uh, where you are sitting uh, for the uh, 2023 business year. There are several tax considerations to keep in mind and discuss with your accountant. You know, the 179 expensing uh, provision that allows businesses to uh, expense qualifying equipment uh, that were purchased uh, during the year uh, and if so wanted or needed that uh, you know you know the entire uh, amount can be taken for a business expense in the year that it is uh, purchased and put into uh, service uh, bonus depreciation uh, is also another option of uh, uh, quickly expensing uh, capital investments even such as grain bins Reporting agriculture's business, I'm Whitney Pittman on the Red River Farm Network. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Farm news on the Red River Farm Network. Agriculture is in the crosshairs for the COP28 Climate Summit in Dubai. World Animal Protection released a report earlier today claiming large-scale animal agriculture is responsible for at least 11% of global greenhouse gas emissions. The head of the summit is calling on governments to sign a leader's declaration to include agriculture and food systems in the climate change debate. That agenda includes a proposed 10-year moratorium on new large-scale animal ag farms and more plant-based food production. A snowstorm put a damper on last year's South Dakota Farmers Union annual convention. South Dakota Farmers Union Executive Director Carla Hoffenke says they look forward to offering members the chance to hear speakers that were missed last year. Part of that uh, group would be our South Dakota Lieutenant Governor Larry Roden. He's going to be talking about his recent Mexican trade mission that they went on. We also are going to have our Ag Issues uh, Market Concentration Panel. We have Michael Cadiz. He's a Deputy Assistant Attorney General with the Department of Justice. I'm really looking forward to hearing from him. Steve Dick with the State FSA. He's a uh, coming to tell us about some of the programs coming up. But overall, it's just a, a very good panel uh, set, uh, lineup of speakers, and uh, we're really looking forward to getting everybody together again. Landowner rights are expected to be a high priority in the policy discussions. Our landowner rights laws have really been diminished here the last few years. And so uh, we have uh, some panelists on there that are going to talk about different ways of how we can approach that. And uh, it's going to be part of our policy discussion, too, as to what we can bring to the legislature session this year. We have Sean Hackett. He's an ag commodities expert. He's going to be talking to us about the the cycles that we get into and uh, how it can maybe help us out with some of our marketing. So, again, it's just a very good lineup, and we encourage everybody to come out. That convention is uh, tomorrow and Friday in Huron. Today is day two for the North Dakota Agribusiness Association Agribusiness Expo at the Avalon Event Center in Fargo. This event replaces the Northern Ag Expo in the Fargo Dome, NDAA Executive Director Stu Letcher. We're pretty happy. Um, we were a little concerned about, uh, you know, the new location. People would find it, but they did, so that's good. Uh, um, you'll notice it's a little bit smaller venue, a little bit more intimate setting, and it's it's kind of a neat setup. you got different rooms with different booths. You can kind of go in and explore if you haven't been in one room yet. 
I would encourage everybody to look at all of them. This is one of the first trade shows of the winter season, and ag retailers are looking for a good year going into 2024. You know, I think uh, there's some optimism. Um, we just heard with our fertilizer update that, uh, you know, the market seems to be leveling out, maybe getting back a little bit back to normal, so that hopefully means a little bit lower prices on fertilizer. Um, so inputs hopefully won't be so expensive. The, uh, you know, the weather outlook, Looks like it's pretty good. Weather holds. You know, it uh, looks like we should have a good uh, growing season in 2024. So I think guys are optimistic. That trade show runs from 9 to 1 today. There will be a grain market outlook session this morning featuring Frayne Olson from North Dakota State University, Chad Hart from Iowa State, and Randy Martinson of Martinson Ag Risk Management. The winter forecast should be more friendly across the northern plains. End on director Daryl Richeson says there are a couple of factors that will play into this year's temps and snowfall. There's a couple of things happening. One of them is El Nino, which would, of course, your first reaction would be, oh, it's going to be a warmer than average, drier than average winter. I always remind people that only works two out of three times. It depends on how the El Nino sets up. There's another factor going on that I won't go into that actually wants to produce you know, a little bit more snow. So if we just balance those two off, I would say conservatively, if we just think average, you know, even if the winter is a little bit snowier and a little bit cooler than a lot of El Ninos have been, that would still translate into a much better winter than we've experienced the last couple of years. Thinking ahead to spring. That would probably mean a much nicer spring than we've seen in the last couple of years as well, looking forward to, say, Plan 24. South Dakota Governor Christy Nome is offering her support for federal legislation to restrict farmer ownership of farmland. This bill would prevent countries that are considered foreign adversaries, including China, Cuba, Iran, North Korea, Russia, and Venezuela, from purchasing U.S. farmland. Nome says this is a food security issue. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Advanced Trading Commodity Research Analyst Brian Basting says the corn market continues to struggle with demand. Struggled. We're looking at um, some, some real concern about the export market, Randy. It uh, certainly looks like USDA possibly is overstating exports. We'll get the next S&D report on December 8th. We'll take a look at that. But um, uh, for the moment, the U.S. is becoming the residual supplier of corn to the world, which is which is kind of, of um, hard to believe, but as we approach the end of the first quarter, this 22, excuse me, 23, 24 crop year, that's that's the position because we're just well, outside of Mexico. We can't we can't sell much corn right now. Argentina's soybean production will also become a market factor. Remember uh, that in earlier this year, that was the real main uh, jet fuel, if you will, for the soybean rally was that drought in Argentina that took the crop all the way down to 25 million tons. Some people have that crop more than doubling this year, Randy. A uh, long way to go. They're barely planting the Argentina bean crop, barely started, I should say. But the weather market for beans, wheat and corn, uh, I think it's going to be choppy. Several disaster programs were triggered across Minnesota last this past year. State FSA Executive Director Whitney Place reminds producers to report any losses as soon as possible. This year we lost a lot of turkeys to excessive heat, and so that indemnity program was available to them. We have the Livestock Forage Program. We have the Emergency Assistance for Livestock Program. And those are all programs that it's really important for livestock producers to report those losses at a, on a timely basis. 
So if a disaster is happening uh, in your neck of the woods and you've lost livestock, you've lost pasture, um, et cetera, you know, get into the county office and make sure to report those losses so that you can get the process started for your application for those programs. So check into the market situation. We have a little green on the screen this morning. Minneapolis wheat, March three and a quarter higher at seven sixteen and a half, May four and a half higher. Chicago wheat for March, five seventy seven and a half, five and a half higher, and hard red winter wheat March, six twenty five and a quarter, a gain of seven and a half. March corn, a quarter cent better, four seventy three is the quote. Uh four seventy three and three quarters, I'm sorry. January soybeans, thirteen forty nine, that's two and a half higher. March a gain of two and a quarter cents. On the farm calendar, it is the Canola Symposium at the Roseau Community Center tomorrow. Uh, their speakers include a, a look at uh, what's going on with the crop, uh, with folks from Syngenta, Cropland, DeKalb, and Pioneer, uh, also BASF and CHS. Uh, they'll be featuring Dave Grafstrom, uh, Grafstrom from the uh, University of Minnesota Magnuson Research Farm, uh, Jan Canodal from NDSU. Again, that's the Canola Symposium tomorrow in Roseau. And also on tap tomorrow, NDSU Extension has a tax management program being offered for farmers and for tax preparers. That's going to be done via Zoom and will go from 1 until 4 o'clock tomorrow. Contact NDSU Extension for more details. Also on the farm calendar, the North Star Classic in Valley City. That will be starting on Friday and continuing through the weekend for that livestock show. Always a great event. And the North Dakota Township Officers Association has their annual convention and meeting. That's going on in Bismarck. That'll start next Monday and uh, continue through Tuesday. Have a great day. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network.